Oh, terrific. Terrific uh, Wednesday afternoon. How are you? Welcome to the Jason Greger Show and I'm the sports leader, TSN 1260. Brought to you by PlayAlberta.ca. Alberta's only regulated online gambling website where all the revenue stays right here in the province. Go to PlayAlberta.ca. And man, is there lots to discuss on the show today. We're going to get into the uh, orders, Ken Hall and Leon Drysaddle, uh, very quickly. Uh, first, though, man, if you're a sports fan, I really hope you wa- you had a chance to watch some of the uh, Lakers Denver Nuggets game last night. Because if you're watching that game and you're watching uh, Nikola Jokic and you're like, man, I haven't really seen a guy like this, because you haven't. He was the first player in the shot clock era since 1955 to score 30 points have 20 rebounds and 10 assists all while shooting 70 percent from the field in a playoff game he was outstanding that was a great game i give the lakers credit man it looked like they were just going to get murdered in the uh, first half then they came back hard in the third actually got it within three points at one point late in the fourth quarter but now just watching Jokic rebounding, distributing the ball. The the one three-pointer he shot, I'm like, are you kidding me? Is this guy Steph Curry? It was amazing. Absolutely amazing game. And, man, if if game one's anything, I know other friends are like, I don't want to watch hockey. Although I think you might when the playoffs get going again. But if you don't and you just want to watch great athleticism, check out the, uh, the NBA Western Conference Final because game one, if that's any sign of what the series is going to be like, it's going to be outstanding. So uh, we will talk about that on the uh, program today. Of course, the uh, Edmonton Orders uh, general manager Ken Holland and uh, head coach Jay Woodcroft spoke today, and uh, you know, very similar message uh, from both of them. Um, you know, Ken Holland, passionate, right? Uh, talked about uh, that he's definitely got one year left in his contract. Wouldn't uh, what was his line? How you guys? Uh, hey man, I don't shop for green uh, bananas because I'm not sure I'll be at my age. I'm not sure I'll be there when they ripen. <laughs> what a beauty, classic line. And basically, we say to hey, you know, I'm not talking about the following year. I'll honor my contract. I got one year left from now, and then we'll see what happens. So, um, you know, he obviously says he hasn't won a cup since 2018. Would love to win another one. And uh, you know, the players feels they built a competitive team, which uh, which I think they have. But to me, it's you know, how do they improve? Well, here I just want you to listen to this one quote from uh, Leon Drysaddle uh, yesterday. Let's get to the old report right off the hop here. The old report brought to you by Volvo of Edmonton. Stop in, and you can brand, check out the brand-new XC60 plug-in hybrid. Got all the horsepower you need, 455. Also, it's a great hybrid because gas on the highway, or you want to drive around town all the time, electric up to 75K. Right now at VolvoEmmonton.com. So here is uh, Leon Dreisaitl, and here's where he feels the team has to improve. I think Connor touched on it. Um, You know, two good teams going at it. Um, I think sometimes as a team, um, for us, we find a way to to lose games and and more so beat ourselves than a team actually beating us. Um, We play good teams and sometimes we get beat by a better team. Um, But I think we got to, we have to find a way to learn 
how to just not beat ourselves sometimes instead of you know we're an attacking team we're gonna we're gonna beat teams by the way we play with 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 our structure and with our speed but sometimes we gotta find a way to you know lock it down if that's what you what you want to call it or just um you know find a way to to not beat ourselves yeah 100%. 100%. And, you know, that was reiterated. Matthias Ekholm, we'll get to some of his comments. He talked about, hey, when I came from Nashville, you know, we, we our strength of our team was goaltending top four defense, and we hope to capitalize on the chances. He said, here in Edmonton now, we have something that you just can't get because we got the two best players. You can't just go shopping around the corner at the grocery store and pick up the two best offensive players. But we have to get more comfortable realizing we don't always have to win by a large margin don't always have to be thinking offense, right? So Zach Hyman said the same thing. Connor McDavid, we make too many mistakes. You know, they got outscored 16-9, five on five in the series. The numbers don't lie. Now, And here's the thing, because I've seen a lot of people say, well, their underlying numbers were good. Yeah, that exactly shows what the problem is, right? The Oilers have the puck lots. They outshoot the opposition. And then when they make a mistake, it's just like... <laughs> Drop a bomb in the D zone and it ends up in the back of their net. Right? They gift goals. We talked about this early on in the season. They were the orders that have the game in control. Like, look at the one Vegas game. They gave up three goals in what a minute and a half. The, the other fifty-eight minutes, you're really good. And so, yes, the majority of the time, the Edmonton have good possession numbers, shot, but that doesn't matter. If you make one glaring error that leads to an easy goal. It erases all of the, the previous 18 minutes where you maybe only gave up four chances. Right? Goals are what matters. That's a, so you can play the odds all you want. Well, if we outshoot them, we're always going to win. No. No. Quality of chances matters more. And if you keep giving up the elite chance to the other team, guess what? Now it's easy to score. And so, you know, you heard from McDavid and Hyman and Drysaddle and Echo and pretty much every player. We, we've got to be more comfortable playing defensively. We've got to be better. And that should be music to the ears of Oilers fans. It's not like they're going to stop scoring. They're not going to become the New Jersey Devils of the early 2000s and or, or the Minnesota Wild, God forbid, where they're boring as you know what. That's not going to happen. They just need to be comfortable in knowing, okay, now's not the time to make a risky backhand pass. Make the safe play. If it, if they keep it in the zone and they got to work really hard and go through three of us to get a goal, then we'll tip our hat and say, really good goal. Because watch the order sometimes. How many, like they score because they have, they probably got the most talent in the league as far as offense. Have, and it wasn't just their top end guys. Obviously, their top end guys are elite elite. Their bottom end guys produced. No problem. But it was their top guys who actually got outscored five on five in the Vegas series. So, you know, you look at it, so you hear from your listener, your leaders, and that's fantastic. So I asked Ken Holland, as a manager, when you hear that, obviously you're probably excited. But do, when you look to make a tweak or two, like he brought in Ekholm, they needed a better defensive defenseman. I don't think anybody in Edmonton would disagree with that. Although there's some people who didn't like the trade at the time, they're probably rethinking that. Will his moves at all... Think about, hey, if I'm adding this, is it a defensive-minded guy? You might be surprised by his answer. I think everybody can play defense. I think 700 players. I, I think it's a commitment. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a desire. It's a determination. And I think that that 
the disappointments, the, the, the devastating losses. You know, when we lost in the first round to Edmonton in 06, and we won the cup in 08, like I didn't get 20 different players. Those, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd love to look at the roster, but probably of those 23 guys we were on our roster in, in 06, 18, 19 of them were probably on that team in 08. You, it's it's the same players just doing some things differently. Like I just can't go out and get a whole bunch of different that's not the way you, you know Jason that's not the way you can't go and get a whole bunch of different yeah. players it's being in these situations over and over and over and over again and understanding as a manager I gotta make a few tweaks and I gotta make some changes I gotta make some massive changes or as a coach I gotta make some uh, adjustments and I gotta maybe do this or we're gonna change the way we play or a neutral zone this and every player goes back and looks in the mirror and decides there you go. Hey, anybody can play defense, but it's a commitment. I think he's, I think it's right. Not anybody can score. Scoring's the hardest thing to do. Scoring consistently, I should say. Anybody, not anybody, but you play in the league long enough, you'll probably score a goal. But if you want to score consistently, man, you got to work hard at that, and that's a skill set. But defense is desire and a commitment. And when your leaders say it, honestly, as painful as it is right now, I think Oiler fans. You should be more excited about the future of your team now than ever. Even more excited than you were last year when they when they went out in the third round. This loss stung them much deeper. Much deeper. You know how people go back and they talk about, oh, you know, first love of your life. And, oh, it was great. Ah, is the first love that you, and then you break up, is it really that devastating when you look back on your life? Or are there other ones? That maybe were more deeper and meaningful. And you were like, oh, geez, I, now you may be common law and you lived together for a few years and you thought it was going to work and it didn't. And then you're like, oof, that one stung more. Well, I think last year, the Empton owners, you know what? That was their first time they'd ever won in the second round. 17, they lost to Anaheim. So, and they were young then. They didn't, oh, geez, we got screwed over by the ref. That was a big focus, right? And they didn't come back. They didn't learn from that. It took them a few years. Then last season. They beat Calgary. I think they were happy. I don't think they loved everything about how they played. But there wasn't the same response from your leaders last year. The devastation was not remotely close to this. I truly believe, and this team, they said it. They really believe that they had a legit shot. Doesn't mean you win, but you feel like you have a legit shot. I think their expectation was higher this year than it was last. You can tell you, yeah, the goal is to win the cup. Yeah, yeah, the goal is to win the cup. But you know when you feel like, hey, I got a real chance. You've played hockey before. you played basketball. I don't care what team you played on at what level. It doesn't matter. You know, most people know internally how good their team is. Right? Some years maybe you get lucky, what have you. But for the most part, you kind of have a sense of where you're at. And, hey, you get lucky and you can go on runs. We've seen it all the time. No one on the two thick 2006 orders when that season began was like, it's Stanley Cup or bust. I, I honestly believe the orders felt that more this year and definitely down the stretch. They added Matthias Ekholm. I think that added a lot to their group. They felt like, you know what? We're a little bit more well-rounded team. The, uh, the questions about scoring depth were gone. They had lots of guys score 10 goals. They scored enough. Scoring goals was not an issue. And it wasn't just the power play. Take two seconds to look up and see where the orders finished five on five in goals. 
Five on five scoring wasn't a problem. Scoring on the power play wasn't a problem. Limiting goals, the problem. And when you start to hear their best players talk about it, you probably should be wearing sweatpants if you're a diehard order fan because you should be excited. Because you haven't heard that before. Not to that level. Like, we just, we got to stop making it easier on them. And it, it was different guys saying it in different ways. So I'm, I'm fascinated to say changes are coming. There's always going to be some. But the main core group of this team is signed. Evan Bouchard isn't signed, but he's going to get signed. He's going to sign a bridge deal. I'll just tell you that right now. For anybody who's going to be disappointed if Bouchard doesn't sign long term, you have to understand the makeup of the salary cap and where both sides come out. An eight-year deal for Bouchard, he's not going to accept six mil right now. Why would he? Because I think the potential for him in two years is he can be an $8 million player. So, and, and Edmonton can't sign him to $8 mil right now. That doesn't make any sense. So a bridge deal for Bouchard. And, and here's the thing, though. I spent the weekend, I've talked to people, like, it's hard to find comparables to Evan Bouchard. So it's hard to find one. So I'll be curious. They'll have to find some middle ground. He doesn't have any arbitration rights. So I think a number that... Like 3.4, 3.75, somewhere around there. So I think probably what he's going to get, no, two-year deal, I would guess, is what you'll have for Evan Bouchard. Fine. No problem. Don't complain in the road, ah, oh, they should have done it. He wasn't going to do it. He wasn't going to sign for six mil. He's not going to do it. Right? Even And I don't even think they uh, have that um, on the table. So other than that, all their big guys are signed. Now, they're going to have to make some decisions. What are they going to do on the back end? Right? Will there be a move? There might be one, yeah. They're, uh, you know, the one spot, I think, the uh, you know, the second line right wing is a position that's going to be up for grabs. I, I just don't see Yamamoto coming back. I'd be surprised. It's not because he's not a, an NHL player. He's an NHL player. But at his cap it in a ca- salary cap world, his cap it to his production just doesn't jive that much. Right? And it's and because it's not just simply about goals and assists. It's about a lot of the other factors on what you bring. Goals and assists obviously matter somewhat, especially when you when you're opportunity to play with two of the best players. So and, and the other advantage, which sucks for Yamamoto, it's the business of hockey, is because his his age he can be bought out at one-third, which would mean his 3.1 cap hit would go to 433k this season and then 533k the following season. So if you can't, hey, would Edmonton like to make a trade and not have any dead cap space for the following year? 100%. But the savings of 2.66 mil, you could sign two depth forwards at 1.3 million each. Right? That's good value. So I think that's where a change comes. I, I don't know if you bring back all of your bottom six guys, right? Like if Yamamoto comes out, you know, there's a spot for Dylan Holloway, but he's a left winger, you know, so do they move someone around? We'll see, right? There are options there. You know, you could play Fogel on the right wing with the McLeod and Holloway maybe as a third line if you like. There's options there. Like Nick Bukestad, it's going to come down to he could make more money elsewhere, right? Bottom teams will, will pay Nick Bukestad money. There's no question in my mind. However... Does he want to win? 
And would he take 1.6 instead of 1.9 or 2 to be here on a multi-year deal? Right? He's not old. Right? He's huge body. Right? He can he can win some key draws for you. Can play the wing or center. He's versatile. And he's hungry, for sure. So, but uh, if I was an order fan, I'd be uh, fired up for the future uh, next year because I think the players have finally recognized the one deficiency. As a group, they need to be more committed five on five defensively. They got a lot of other strengths to their team. They're not perfect because guess what? There's no perfect team in the league. But they got they got some things as Ekholm said. You can't just go around the corner store and pick up. You can go find guys who are committed defensively, and you can get the guys on your team to be more committed defensively because they don't want this feeling anymore. Like It was amazing this many days later just how clearly dejected they were. This one stung deep, deep. That's good. Coming up, uh, Gazzola will join us. Uh, Craig Morgan, speaking of uh, stinging deep, the Coyotes, they got to be done in Arizona, right? The, the no vote won last night. They don't have the arena in Tempe. It doesn't even sound like there's a plan B. So where do they go from here? Uh, Mike Rupp will be by. Uh, Steve Gardner will talk a little uh, MLB. Was like the eye glance overblown? We'll find out. Uh, Rashad will be by. Uh, Reed Clark start a new segment today in the first hour. We'll get to all of that. You can text us at 101260. Email us in our Jiffy Lube inbox. Jay Gregor at tsn1260.ca. 224, Edmonton Sports Leader, TSN 1260. Jason Gregor, Connor Halley. With you, text line is uh, fired up at uh, 10, 12, 60. Hey guys, uh, uh, RCN mentions uh, Noah Dobson, uh, who, of course, has a, a $4 million uh, deal. He signed that uh, last summer with the uh, Islanders. Uh, the only um, the only difference is uh, Noah Dobson had Arbrights, I think. Actually, no, he didn't. He didn't have arm rights. So, yeah, four mil, that's probably a fair comparison. Um, he had sco- he had scored uh, 51, he had scored 13 goals and 51 points. Uh, Bouchard had scored uh, eight and 40. Now, of course, he had an unreal playoff, right? So, um, and and I do, that's that's why I think, like, I think Bouchard is coming in anywhere from 3.5 to, to 3.8. Right. Obviously, I think his camp would look at that. Um, that's also a three-year deal, so you know you got to get a little bit longer. I don't think there's any chance Bouchard signs three. So um, two years at three point five—that's probably the same, give or take. Right? Like I know it's not the same number, but it's probably a, a similar close. So RCN, that's fair. Uh, I think that's a fair comparable. There's not a lot of them though. There's just a, you know, there's not a lot of guys. So you know, and and Bouchard like. The other thing is, hey, you play in the owner's power play, you get points. That's just that's just a fact, right? And, um, hey, his shot helps a lot, but you also sometimes, hey, you, you benefit from being a blue liner on that power play than on other ones. Just simple truth. You can, you can still be good. Like, I'm not discounting what he does, but, hey, uh, guys, guys put up pretty decent numbers on there, as they should, because it's a pretty good power play. Best ever, I should say. Now, let's get to the uh, Chronicles, brought to you by Action Electrical. Family-owned business for 50 years. They're celebrating the big 5-0 later this year. Woo-hoo! You have the pop shop coming in. That's when you know you've made it, when you have pop shop celebrations at your 50th. It's the type of company they are, down to earth, actionelectrical.net. We welcome in uh, Tom Gazzola. TG, how you doing? 
I'm good, Gregs. I'm good. Uh, bittersweet. Wish we were talking about a game seven, but uh, here we are talking about next year, and you know that's just uh, the fact of the matter right now. Yeah, I'll say this though. I honestly believe this loss. I know it's painful, right? But this loss is going to help the organization more than they know. They don't like it right now, but I think that's why it's going to help them. Good. They shouldn't like it. They should be pissed off, devastated, as Ken Holland said repeatedly. And, um, you know, we, we listened to the players yesterday talk about how mad and angry they are and dejected. Good. Like, they they had a good thing, and the Golden Knights played really well and, and obviously exposed some deficiencies in the Oilers, and uh, Edmonton couldn't overcome that. And so these are these are harsh lessons. I'm in the middle of reading Marc Messier's book. I've, I've left it on my shelf for a long time, but I, I was reading about their 85-86 loss when Steve Smith uh, scored on his own net and the level of dejection. And, and even though Smith banked that puck in off of Grant Fuhr's leg on the outlet pass, uh, you know, Marc Messier talked a lot about how they should have scored and, and they weren't able to get a goal in that third period and they had all these superstars and, and it was on themselves and it fueled them the next year and they go rattle off two straight Stanley Cups and um, it is that inner fuel that uh, generally forces you to become better and realize that uh, you aren't as good as you think you are even though you're pretty damn good and if the orders are motivated and, and can use this dejection from a super hard lesson against a really good Golden Knights team and that fuels them next year, then look out because they have a very good team in place. They're in a good spot. Is it a wasted opportunity? Yes. Yes, it is. Um, but I want to see how it motivates them and how they utilize that to, to spur them on next season. And I think if, if they put that attention, anger, and they focus it in the right spot, then look out NHL because this team's going to be uh, on a, on a warpath. What did you make of Jay Woodcroft's press conference today? I, you know, I'll say this. I appreciated him recognizing that uh, there were even moments that he looks back on and says, I could have done it differently. I second-guessed myself or I would have changed. I would have tweaked this. But I also appreciated the fact that he emphasized that uh, there's no finger-pointing and everybody understands they could do something a little bit differently, a little bit better, and that they need to improve and, and take from this lesson collectively and use it going forward. I don't think he shied away from much. It would have been nice if he disclosed the injuries that the team was deal, dealing with. I understand his reasoning not for not to do it. I get that. That's fine. But um, I think the attitude sincerely is in the right place. And, you know, I, I people were saying, yeah, he was outcoached by Bruce Cassidy. Uh, but yeah, maybe, maybe in some instances, and yes, it's okay to question, you know, some of the decisions here and there and, and for him to admit that, you know, he, he goes back and says, I could have done it differently, done it this way or that way, instead of the way I did act. That's fine. That's good. A little bit of modesty goes a long way. And if he practices what he preaches, I think that's a good thing. And if he does have the unity of the team and everybody collectively wants to, to pull together next season, then, then that's fine. And I think he, he also a- answered some of the tough questions uh, pretty well. He, he took it on, and uh, you know I thought it was a good press conference. The, the Ken Holland stuff, I thought, 
was really good. I thought Ken Holland was uh, also very forthright in uh, his plan going forward too. I'm. Uh, I'll be interested to see, you know, what type of moves they make. I really, you know, the, the, I wrote about it on Monday. Um, the more I've looked at it, and I feel like, you know, unfortunately for him, I just I don't see Kyler Yamamoto being here next year. Um, I, I I know his teammates love him. And it's not a knock on the player. I just when you look in a in a salary cap era, there's certain production you need, and then other attributes and intangibles that you bring. And so I don't I don't see the value there at that cap it. If the cap it was lower, it'd be a total different conversation. And then when you throw in the caveat of it, now they'll try to trade him first, as they always would. Every team would. If they don't find a trading partner, I'll be stunned if he's not bought out because the buyout is such a massive savings for the team. Yeah, and I I think that the plan of attack will likely be to upgrade the right side, and would that involve Kyler Yamamoto? Yeah, probably. So that to me is is something that I'm I think they're, they're going to look at, and uh, I'm not knocking him, the player. He hustles, he uses every bit of that body that he can, and he has become a, a talented hockey player. There is useful use for him in the National Hockey League. Um, and I, and I do think that there will be some interested parties if the Oilers do decide to go down that road. Um, there's a reason why McDavid and Dreisaitl preferred playing with him over some other guys that maybe uh, were bigger and, and fit that pedigree of uh, the right NHL body type on the right side. Um, but there are some intangibles that he does possess. But you know, at the end of the day, uh, this team wasn't good enough, and you look at where the area of deficiencies were, and yes, defensive zone is something that they collectively will have to work at, but individually, um, you know, he's kind of stuck in a weird spot because the, the third line, uh, there's a couple of interchangeable parts on the third line, but I think that that third line will likely be set. The top two lines, I think you're better off with a, a bigger right winger uh, that could create a little more havoc, create space for either McDavid or Dreisaitl. I think that would be an improvement. So is Kyler Yamamoto a fourth liner? No, not really. I mean, he, so he's kind of stuck in a, in a tough spot right now on this Oilers roster. Tom Gazzola joins us, 7th at Sports Theater, TSN 1260. Um, hey, lots of texts coming in. Hey, face it, Tommy, you blew it for Reuter fans when you got rid of the perm during the playoffs. <laughs> they won when I got the, per- fair the perm point. removed. Fair po- Did, no, they, they won one game, not the whole yes. series, Tom. So it's clearly on you. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the heat. If it helps people cope, I will own it. I owe it yeah. to my hometown. Uh, my fellow Edmontonians, if you need an outlet and a resource and a punching bag, I will take the heat for cutting the perm at the wrong time. How does that sound? Sure. Now, did I just hear you? Did now, Connor? You can you can check the tape, but did I just hear you infer that you'll get a perm for next year's playoffs? No, just for your hometown. I absolutely did not infer oh, I would get okay. a perm I'm for just, next year. I'm just, che- I'm just checking. Ron, Ron from Parlor. Actually, I think he texted me and, and said, "Should we book your appointment for next year?" Um, the answer is no. Let's not. No? Okay. No. Um, a, a few other things. Whew. I don't know if you uh, if you watched the A's game the other day. Um, 2,000 fans, the uh, lowest uh, home game attendance since uh, 1979. And I understand it. Like, you, you've told your fan base you're leaving, uh, but the deal in Vegas clearly isn't that cemented because they've already changed where they're going to build. Yeah. Uh, if you know the in and out burger behind... 
uh, T-Mobile Arena on, I believe it's the west side of the 15, if you're driving into Vegas. Um, that was supposed to be, it's like an industrial area just north of Allegiant Stadium. That was supposed to be the site of the ballpark. Then, a couple of days ago, they announced that they're in a deal with the Tropicana, which is like a... A uh, staple on the strip, on the south end of the strip, but it was built originally in like the late 50s, and obviously they've added to it, but it's compared to the new resorts, it's nothing. It's dilapidated, they, it's just kind of sitting there. It's a lame duck resort, unfortunately. So now the A's say they have a deal with the Tropicana, they'll tear it down, and then they're just going to build a new resort plus a 30,000 seat ballpark. But Greg's like, today even they announced that that deal isn't necessarily set in stone. And then. Uh, instead of asking for like 500 million in in tax breaks and 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 all that and and ballpark fees uh, down the strip and you know how these deals the private public sector partnerships work out uh, they're they're only asking for 400 million if they go to the Tropicana site and people in Las Vegas are pissed off about it they they don't necessarily not want the A's, but they don't want to be paying the price tag to give them a brand new stadium. They got the football stadium. They got the hockey rink. There's all these rumors about an NBA team going there and LeBron James being involved. And, and now the A's are kind of, you know, trying to wedge themselves into Las Vegas. And, and you know, within a number of days, they're bouncing from uh, site to site. And they're saying, OK, we got a deal here. Oh, wait, hang on. That's falling through. We want to go over there. Uh, we do have a deal. And then a couple of days later, they're like, well, we almost have a deal. And people are going, what the hell's going on with this situation? And then you've got the fans in Oakland sitting there and basically rejecting the team. And they had 2,000 tickets sold for the game the other day against Arizona. And they figure less than, than 2,000 people showed up. It, it's just become so sad. Um, and, and now the A's are... are fighting with the city of Las Vegas and um, Mark Davis doesn't want to deal with the A's ownership and management group because of how things went down in Oakland and part of why he had to move the team to Vegas. So this is turning into a mess unto itself. And then Greg's, I know you're going to have Craig Morgan on, but you know, there's another wasteland in, in hockey compared to oh, the wasteland in baseball. It's done. It has to be. I remember a, a Coyotes player in 2019 just I asked him, like, what the heck's going on with your new ownership, this, that? He goes, Tom, we're just moving to Houston. He's since been traded, that particular player, but that was the mentality in the locker room uh, four or five years ago that they figured they were going to Houston. That was a done deal, they thought. So uh, it, it's just what a mess. with and, and, you know, baseball, hockey, it happens in, in a lot of sports. You could look at Washington in, in the NFL. Uh, but, uh, man, I, I know Craig's going to be able to – to dip into that a lot, but this this has to be it, Greg's. Uh, they've got that arena downtown that has been refurbished. I think it was a quarter million. It can't do hockey anymore. And even when it had hockey in the uh, mid to late 90s, early 2000s, it wasn't right. They had a nice arena in Glendale in the wrong part of the city. Um, obviously, that fell through and, and horribly. And as cute as Mullet Arena is, it is not an NHL building. It is not feasible long-term. It's time to, to cut the cord and say, Coyotes, you, you had, what, 25 years in the desert. It's a mess. Get it out of there. Tommy, have a great day, my man. We will chat with you tomorrow. Add to man, Gregs. It's Tom Gazzola in the Chronicles, brought to you by Action Electrical. Uh, when we return, 
unveil a new weekly segment on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Well, welcome back to The Gregor Show. I'm the sports leader, TSN 1260. Uh, one season ends, another one uh, begins in our city of sports. And uh, obviously, uh, lots of sporting stuff uh, going on. A new weekly segment we are going to have. Uh, we'll get to the uh, blue and yellow report, brought to you by the Edmonton Stingers. And uh, their season begins in only 11 days. They're on the road in Calgary on the uh, 27th of May, and then their home opener Sunday. It's already sold out at the uh, Expo Center. But uh, if you want to get tickets, you want to be at the at the games this year, go to thestingers.ca. And uh, we are joined by the uh, present of the Stingers. 11 days away. Uh, training camp is is, uh, is open now. Um, the, uh, the home opener is 11 days away. The season opener is uh, 10 days away. And uh, Reed Clark joins us. Uh, Reed, welcome to the show, my man. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Jason. Thanks for having me. Uh, sold out the home opener. Um, I, I guess let's talk from a from a business side of things. Uh, uh, I know now you guys are not now you're you're locally owned, right? Uh, you're not uh, owned by the league anymore. You're independent. So how has that changed, and uh, how does that uh, benefit the ownership group or the organization? Yeah, you know, I don't even know where to start with what's been going on for your listeners. Update them on the team in the last uh, in the last few months here because it, it's been a lot. Uh, it's crazy, and it's all really good, positive news. Um, but one of the things, you know, we, we want to bring a championship-caliber local team, and really that that starts with now having local ownership. Um, so we're the Stingers Entertainment Group, and uh, includes myself, uh, James Burns, and Tank Vander, all local businessmen who came together to get the team from the league uh, to purchase it and to really make this a team for Edmonton, by Edmonton. So, that's huge, and now that we can just kind of control how we want to use our resources, how we want to treat players, our vision of what we want to do with the team. Um, you know, everyone's been really receptive from the fans and all the support we've got, and now we can really uh, give that back and, and be involved in the community uh, from the top-down level. And that goes, you know, even to our, our GM, Steve Sir, friend of the show, our, our head coach, now retired, Jordan Baker, assistant coaches who are all local guys. Uh, and even players, you know, from Edmonton, like you hear Ugwak, who's back, uh, who's just finishing up his uh, um, his time in Germany right now, and ex Golden Bears like Brody Clark and, and newly signed uh, Adam Page. So it's it's really that uh, that YG focus for Edmonton by Edmonton kind of model. Um, uh, my son, when we went to games last year, loved it. I know Stretty took his boys and, and daughter a few times. They really like the atmosphere. You guys have, you know, obviously the game itself is very important, but yeah. Talk about the like the the in-game experience and and how the Stingers have really focused on that to make it more than just a game. Yeah, you know, one of our pillars, Jason, is, is fan experience, and quite simply put, we want this to be the best sporting experience you'll find in this city. Uh, and I think we're there, if not darn close. So basically, you know, we can only control. And I put the team together, and Jordan, Steve, do in terms of GM and coach. We can only control so much, but what I can control is for people to have an amazing time in that hour and a half that you're basically going to be at the Expo Center, at the new Flare Lines Hangar Arena, uh, and what you experience. So that comes down to, you know, we've got brand new seats with cup holders, which is big news. We're going to put a giant screen in. If your fans uh, know what the screen looked out at the at the Ford tailgate party, that screen is actually coming indoors, believe it or not, and that's going to be our big screen. So that's going to really take up the experience. Mm. Um, we're dialing in. We're our first two games, so we're on the 28th and the 31st, Jason. We've got free parking. Uh, we're able to negotiate that. We've got $5 beers. We're talking about $5, 350 cans. 
great. Uh, and they have a whole food menu of five under five. So we have five items that are five bucks. So we're talking chicken fingers, hot dogs, pizza, nachos, popcorn, even slushies. So, you know, I, I want to make sure that we remove all barriers to come see this amazing basketball product that we have in the Empton Stingers. Uh, and if you get out here, you will have an amazing time, I guarantee you. Is that one of the, the biggest feedbacks you got from fans is that, you know, if, if it's more affordable, not just the ticket price, but the food and, and beverage, that you'll have more people come? Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, I, I'm like yourself. I, I've been to a lot of sporting events here, and, and it's great. But there's there's nothing that really gets you off to a you know, bad mood of, uh, you've got a, a bad experience with parking before you even got to the game. Or you had to wait in a long, long concession line to get your food, and it was overpriced, and it wasn't that good, let's say. If I can eliminate those things, and that goes to any experienced sports concert, if we can get those and, and have those in our control, why wouldn't we, right? So, you know, working with the, the team at Expo and Explore Edmonton to get this done has been huge, and, and uh, we want to make this just part of an enjoyable experience. And on top of that, we reduced our ticket prices, so you can get in for, for $20 to our game, which is which is great value. So um, any kind of thing that you're thinking, well, I want to go see a Stingers game, but this might be a reason why I can't, we're trying to make sure that we've covered all those all those issues. Reed Clark joins us. Edmonton Sports Leader, TSN 1260, uh, Edmonton Stingers. Of course, uh, their season tips off uh, Saturday, May 27th, and their home opener will be Sunday, May 28th against Calgary, and then they have uh, Niagara coming to town, so two games in May. Uh, then their next home game is the uh, 10th of June. Uh, the, the home opener is sold out. Uh, where are yeah. you at for season tickets? We've got people texting in already saying, I want to go to the home opener. I couldn't. So how, <laughs> how, do, you get to, how do you get to the other games? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got a great response from the crowd. As soon as we put single game tickets the next day or two, I think the home opener sold out. So we had a whole bunch of group tickets and everything we input. So awesome to see that. It's going to be an amazing experience on Sunday. If you don't have tickets there, there's tickets for the Wednesday game on the 31st. Um, season tickets, we're actually up to 1,200 season tickets, which is a you know, really great number one to be proud of. We're leading the league right now in that area, and it's about, well, more than three times what we had last season. So great oh, wow. response from the basketball fans in this city, Jason. So so good to see. Um, yeah, and we, we've got some tickets. They're going pretty fast for that Wednesday, May 31st game, but still the offers of the the cheap beer, the free parking, the 505 food menu. We still have all those things available and if you if you want to go to stingers.ca uh if you reach out to tickets we can help you out uh to find uh, some good options for you uh, you mentioned uh, you know do you have specific in-game promotions this year yeah yeah we do we're going to um one we're bringing back our our uh, half court shot beer for a year so that's uh that was popular one person hit it last year and the place went absolutely crazy so we got that back um we're also going to have with flare airlines our, our shot from the dot uh, promotion where you get to win actually a flight for two anywhere flare flies that's going to be coming back as well um we have some other great uh activations we, do, we try to do about eight to ten on court fan activations or where um people have a chance to win an amazing prize and they still go home with something great so between that the dj we're going to do up to 10 fan tosses a game jason so you always probably do two t-shirt tosses we'll do 10 t-shirt mini ball tosses with gift cards from your favorite restaurants um, so we're making it as jam-packed as possible. There's always something going on. And uh, tough if you're a kid coming to the game to not leave with some sort of a prize from the Stingers. Now, you me- you mentioned, um, you know, the, the half-court shot, which is uh, which is uh, pretty sweet. Now, that wasn't Struddy, was it? No, no, Struddy didn't make it. <laughs> did, he hit the, did he hit the basket? 
I, I don't know about that. I don't think he did. Um, but to be fair, see how harder it looks. Oh, it is harder. 100% it's harder. I was just, I, I'd like to get a video on it because I'd be very curious about his form if he went with the single arm, if he tried the, uh, you know, the, the two arm push from his chest. So I'll have to ask him a little bit later on because he, he, he never, I uh, never told, he was going to send us a video, but then he forgot to. So sometimes um, tough guys go with the one arm because they think they can do it. And that's probably not the best approach. I would take a little bit of a run, two arm toss at it myself yeah I, th- I think that makes sense now uh, what about the team obviously you know you got the yeah. new coach a new gm uh s- some new players there's obviously a little bit of turnover every year but you got some of your key guys back uh d- yeah. is, is, is it too early to tell kind of how you're going to shape up on the floor yeah i mean i really like how our team has been put together uh steve and jordan have been working hard obviously in the off season to to get everyone that we really wanted uh on the team so um, we're actually starting our training camp tomorrow. We're, we're heading out to Jasper and we're going to do a couple of days of training camp, um, there to kind of, uh, you know, that community's really excited about it. And it's good to get guys from all over the world to come see, uh, the mountains and experience Jasper. So that's going to be really cool. But, um, for returning players, so the fans, you know, so Adika, Peter McNeely, he's back, uh, in the guard position. Uh, we're going to have Brody Clark is going to be back in a forward and they hear Uguak is going to be back as well. So we have, um, those three and then Somto, who's, uh, one of our U Sport players is going to be coming back as well. He's been had a great season at York, so we got four guys returning. And then on top of that, we've really rounded out the roster with um, some great spots, especially at the forward position. Um, we've got a guy I'm actually picking him up tonight um, from Lithuania. We might be the first Lithuanian player to play in our league who we're expecting big things from. Uh, he can do it all: shoot the ball, dunk, defend, everything. Um, some great American talent coming in. Um, a lot of guys with G League experience too to make a big impact. So uh, I like our chances. Uh, if you look at what I think Bet Victor had for the the odds, I think we've got the third best chance to win the championship in the league right now behind Niagara and Hamilton. Um, I would put us ahead of those two, but that's just, that's just my vote. So I really like how it's shaping up. And uh, do you, I've got a lot of text people wondering, do you have any vegetarian options at the concession? Yeah, we do. 100% there is a vegetarian option. Okay. And I guarantee it'll be under $5. Ooh. Nice. All right. Well, uh, Reed, good luck in the season, and uh, we look forward to uh, the Blue and Yellow Report every week here on The Gregor Show. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Jason. There you have it. So the Edmonton State, if you haven't been to a game yet, I recommend going. It is a, my, my son, he was eight last year. He thoroughly enjoyed it. Just like, you know, now basketball, because, you know, there's lots of scoring, so that helps for kids, right? There's always something going on, it seems. Like there's a basket every, well, unless there's like a run, but usually there's a basket every minute or so. So people are always kind of cheering, which is nice. Uh, you know, a few dunks, which is great. The the seats, everybody's close. And uh, and the price point, man. You uh, you can take your, hey, my son loves chicken fingers. You get chicken fingers for five bucks. <laughs> Killer. Killer deal because uh, trust. I think I've had over the last five years I've had chicken fingers at almost any place in Edmonton, and they were never five bucks. So there you go. And you know what? You make it a fun atmosphere, and and that brings people back. Like obviously, a, a winning team helps. There's no question. But when when you look at teams who are good promoters and, and fans, be, they're they're like, hey, I like to be there. It's enjoyable. Winning's not mandatory. It's a nice bonus, but everything else makes it fun for me. And you know the Stingers have uh, have built that up now. They're uh, they're locally owned. I think that makes a difference. They you know they know exactly the Edmonton market is different than Niagara, for instance, or Saskatchewan. Just is so you are able to promote and do things for your team now that they won't do in other markets. 
and that's a that's a big advantage. Two fifty seven, and I'm at the Sports Leader TSN twelve sixty. Let's get to uh, Connor Halley and a Sports Center update. Brought to you by MC Dispatch, same day courier company. Move any size package promptly and efficiently. Efficiently, go to mcdispatch.com. 